When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. tired yet hopefully you're not either one more hour of uh hopefully radio excellence or at least radio above averageness coming your way more epstein documents released yesterday i have um you know i don't love these 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 epstein documents and the whole media fervor over them because i, I you know my view is if what's in here any of these damaging claims that are made about people if they were credible these people should be charged with a crime i I don't see necessarily the value in releasing these documents that say bill clinton did this al gore did that prince andrew did this oh but every investigative authority in the world hasn't found the evidence credible enough to actually charge any of these people with crimes that being said i think if i don't mention at least what's coming out and why I view some of it skeptically, people are going to say, oh, you mentioned this when that happened, but you don't mention that when this happens. So let me mention what we learned yesterday in this new tranche of Epstein documents. Um, Former President Donald Trump, according to these new documents, regularly had sex with a woman at Jeffrey Epstein's Manhattan mansion, mansion, and Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson were caught on a sex tape by the financier. This is according to emails allegedly written by an Epstein victim who later recanted the claims. So that's the thing, is she recanted the claims. What credibility does this person have? So these allegations were made by Sarah Ransom to a journalist and unsealed in these uh, newly public court documents yesterday. The documents were part of a filing in which lawyers for law professor Alan Dershowitz sought to portray this woman, Ms. Ransom, as a liar who contradicted herself and made outlandish claims. Ransom actually gave a victim impact statement in federal court at uh, Jelaine Maxwell's sentencing, that's Epstein's co-conspirator, in which she described being trafficked by the pair. So in one undated email released yesterday, Ransom alleged that a friend described Trump's sexual proclivities and alleged the woman regularly had sex with the former president at Epstein's Upper East Side townhouse, according to court documents. Quote, 
She confided in me about her casual friendship with Donald. Mr. Trump definitely seemed to have a thing for her, and she told me how he kept going on about how he liked her, I don't want to say, but a part of her body. That's what she wrote in an email, to, according to court records. Quote, I also know she had sexual relations with Trump at Jeffrey's New York mansion on regular occasions as I once met Jen for coffee just before she was going to meet Trump and Epstein together at his mansion. Ransom later recanted the allegation in an email to journalist Maureen Callahan. You know, Maureen Callahan is a wonderful writer. She's been a guest on the show before. I got to reach out to her again because she's a great writer and... Um, now that she doesn't write for the New York Post er- anymore, I don't always catch her column. And I've invited her on the show several times, and she doesn't love staying up late. So maybe we'll have to pre-record her one of these days, because she's definitely worth talking to. She's She is really one of my favorites. So anyway, um, she this is what she recants to M- Marina Callahan. I've spoken to my family at some length this morning, and I would like to retract everything I have said to you and walk away from this. I shouldn't have contacted you, and I'm sorry I wasted your time. It's not worth coming forward, and I will never be heard anyhow, and only bad things will happen as a consequence of me going public, and I know this to be true. Now, somebody that does believe that Bill Clinton and Donald Trump are sleazy, they'll say, oh, she's just afraid. She's afraid of ticking off all these powerful men. Um... In another undated email, Ransom allegedly claimed her friend had sex with Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and billionaire Richard Branson, and video recordings of the trysts were made by Epstein at the mansion. This is what she said, quote, I personally can confirm that I have, with my own two eyes, seen the evidence of these sexual acts, which clearly identifies Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, Richard Branson, having sexual intercourse with my friend. I will be more than willing to swear under oath and testify in court over these Sex tapes. In 2019, Ransom told The New Yorker that the tapes were made up. The fabrication was intended to raise intrigue into Epstein's affairs and to convince the financier that she had evidence that would come out if he harmed me. It's a quote. Ransom's emails were included in a 2017 motion filed by Dershowitz to keep the allegations under seal. He contended the allegations were deliberate lies. A spokesperson uh, said previously that Bill Clinton had no knowledge of Epstein's sex trafficking and didn't comment on the new claims. You know, can I say this? I, I, I've i been critical of Bill Clinton from time to time. I believe him. I believe him. When Whether you're talking about Bill Clinton as a presidential candidate, as a president, or as a former president who's the husband of a secretary of state and then a presidential candidate, I don't see Bill Clinton risking everything that he and his wife have worked for including the Clinton Global Initiative and everything like that, to hang around with somebody that he knows to be um, trafficking women. I I just don't see, and girls, I just do not see that at all. Um, Same thing with Trump. Branson's Virgin Group also denied the claims. So we have these, all these discredited accusers versus everybody else. So, I view these documents as very skeptically. The woman, Ms. Ransom, in these unsealed Epstein records, making these sensational claims against Clinton, Trump, and others, she has previously admitted to being a serial fabricator. Now, if there's such slam-dunk evidence in the Epstein affair, why all this serial fabrication? Now, this is a pattern with her in The New Yorker. 
This is from The New Yorker. Um, Ransom told me, and I believe this is written by Maureen Callahan, that she had invented the tapes to draw attention. Oh, no, no, it's not written by her, but it's another New Yorker reporter. Ransom told me that she had invented the tapes to draw attention to Epstein's behavior and to make him believe that she had evidence that would come out if he harmed me. So I, I don't believe. So despite her admission of serial fabricating, can we talk about this? The woman was amazingly still allowed to deliver a victim impact statement at Jelaine Maxwell's sentencing, in which she demanded that Maxwell must die in prison. So you have to wonder, if somebody has admitted repeatedly lying and lying and lying and lying, should they really be able to give a victim impact statement? And what does the judge take that into account? By the way, this woman who is saying all these things and who gave this victim impact statement, Ms. Ransom, she was 22 years old when she purportedly met Epstein. She was an adult. She was not a minor. I really think now that you know I'm seeing all this, there's so much suspicion of everything Epstein-related. I really think um, the solution is to release everything. You know, Dershowitz is now saying release everything. The Miami Herald has filed uh, paperwork saying release everything. And uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's also been a friend of Epstein from time to time, he was on with uh, on the Fox News channel, I think with Jesse Waters, saying essentially the same thing. Release every document that's out there. Here's Robert Kennedy. All of this information should be released. Um, and we, we should get real answers on what happened to Jeffrey Epstein and any of the high-level political people that he was uh, involved with, all of that should be open to the public. It should be absolutely transparent. And, you know, I don't see why any of those records would have any redactions in them. Why would we be hiding that from the American public? I kind of agree. At this point, if we're letting all these records kind of trickle out, let's put everything out there. Whatever you think about Epstein, whatever you think about Kennedy, Trump, or Clinton, I think at this point, because there's so many questions about his death and how he died and everything, I think you got to release everything. Everything regarding the investigation into his death, everything regarding the investigation into his case, everything with respect to the Jelaine Maxwell episode, put everything out there. Put everything out there. That's what I say. All right, 800-848-9222. We have covered a lot of ground today. So uh, if you want to comment on anything we have discussed, be my guest, 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Steve in Jersey City. Hi, Steve. Good morning, Frank. Morning. Uh, I, want, I want to make a statement. I was never involved with Epstein on the plane or in his mansion. Well, I, I wish I could that. say the same. <laughs> now that we have that clear uh, Going to Hydrox uh, I used to buy both, Hydrox and Oreo I think the marketing with Hydrox Is the name Hydrox itself It sounds like uh, It sounds like nucleic acid You know, something <laughs> like It sounds chemically uh, induced Where Oreo sounds fun You know, a lot has to do with marketing and uh, so, uh, but they were both equally good. I I, I couldn't taste the difference. Oh I no, no. you could both, definitely taste the difference. Great. You could definitely taste. What the I difference. used to yeah, what I used to do is I know I don't know if people did. I used to put a bunch of them in a bowl and just pour milk and just eat them like chocolate, like like cereal. But they get so mushy so quick. And uh, one more. Uh, do you remember wacky packages? Oh yeah, they brought those back recently as well. They, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I have, oh God, I've got, I, I, I've probably got a fortune. I could probably put them online. They're in condition. They did a spoof on Hydrox. They called it high drunks. <laughs> and, uh, and it was put out, it was put out by and not sunshine, but by moonshine. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> I've never seen that. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Frank. Have a good night. Hey, Steve, you too. Thank you. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Diana's in Manhattan. Hi, Diana. Hi, as always, I love your show. Thank you. Um, okay, three things. First of all, Hydrox all the way. I find Oreos too sweet. I love Hydrox. I haven't eaten them since 2003. But if they come back, and supposedly they have, and I track some down, I will buy those. Second thing, May, December. Well, let's not forget President Macron of France, who achieved every schoolboy's dream. Mm. And married his gorgeous teacher. You know, I've always said with this, Diana, and this is one of the most controversial things that I repeatedly say, um, and I don't know that there's a legal way to enforce this except with prosecutorial discretion. If someone is a 15 or a 16-year-old boy and they sleep with a 33-year-old woman, that 15 to 16-year-old boy is not a victim. I, I, I mean, he I'm sorry. He's a medal if he can seduce and, a grown woman. Exactly. And, and my mother. And you give the guy a story to tell. And you give the guy a story to tell. You give the guy a story to tell for the rest of his life. Additionally, um, the pre- the people that I think should be arrested is the 15 or 16 year old that that brags about this to his friends and gets gets or you know gets her in trouble uh, i mean so again you can't say that because you know all people have to be equal under the law but the bottom line is that uh, a 32 year old woman and a 16 year old boy i'm not shedding any tears for that 16 year old boy neither am i and my mother as i've said was engaged at 16 married at 17 to my 26 year old father during world war 2 today he'd be arrested <laughs> That's true. Uh, Diana- and, and last thing mm-hmm. about the, the Epstein thing. Weren't these women well paid for what they did? I mean, there was a certain mercantile exchange here. They did not walk away with nothing. So, I mean, what are they complaining about exactly? Well, look, I think there's a and thanks for the call, Diana. I think there's a big difference between someone that was recruited or uh, I don't even like to use the term groomed because it's been so overused, but someone that's been recruited, hired, brought to these islands or on the plane as a child and someone that was, you know, met when they were 22 years old by Maxwell and Epstein. I I think it's a different ball game. And uh, also if you're hired to be a masseuse, you're not thinking necessarily that you're going to be participating in sex parties, right? So I don't want to make it out like all these women are not worthy of sympathy. I think many of them are. I think um, especially those that were underaged are, you know, potentially scarred psychologically, mentally, maybe in other respects as well. So I don't want to sound like I'm lacking in sympathy, but I also don't think that just because you were one of Epstein's victims, whether you're Virginia Jufre or uh, this Miss Ransom, that you're automatically entitled to be believed. I don't think you are. 800-848-9222. Ed is in Westchester. Hi, Ed. Hey, Frank. I have two stories, actually. Um, my uncle used to be a big wig in the Nabisco plant, and when I was young, we used to love going to the Nabisco plant 
finding the rejects. They used to have dumpsters full of reject Oreos where you would just dive into them and eat them. It was the one of the best times of my life. <laughs> I and can they, imagine. <laughs> and the other thing is I was an IT person who used to do sales systems for a major tobacco company. And I can tell you firsthand, we used to merchandise by going and paying cash to the retailers to put the tobacco at the right level. So I can tell you, I can confirm with you that that absolutely was done uh, underhanded in order to get your uh, stuff sold. Interesting. Oh, uh, well, interesting. I mean, there was a time in radio where that kind of thing was very common. They called it payola or plugola, where you'd give these DJs money in exchange for them playing uh, the, your songs or the, your clients' songs. Or, you know, what's much, much more common in recent years is you give uh, talk show hosts free stuff in the hopes that they'll plug your restaurant or your business or something along those lines. So you you basically don't have to pay for an ad, and you just pay for this guy getting a free meal or something in exchange for them doing that, and it's terrible. I mean, it totally destroys the integrity of uh, the marketplace. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Felix is in Mastic listening on uh, Talk Radio 1071. Hello, Felix. How are you doing, Frank? You know what? I, I I could destroy Nabisco and Oreos and put Hydrox on top. Just give them the Bud Light treatment. Because once they went woke and they put the LGBTQ symbol on their uh, on their on their cookies, there's another radio show I listen to and the host, he's really offended about that whole thing. And I would just give him the, the Bud Light treatment. And put Hydrox on top. And you know what? With what you're saying, I, I remember Hydrox from a long time ago when you asked the original question. I was like, yeah, it's Hydrox. And I don't remember how they taste, but when you talk about the ingredients that they use in them, I would love to find them, and I think I will order them on Amazon. Well, uh, thanks, Felix. Uh, I want to be clear. Thanks for the call. I'm not looking to. Uh, I'm not looking to hurt any cookie. Brand, I think if you want to buy or my son likes Oreos. If you want to buy Oreos, great, wonderful. Here's what I'm not for: I'm not for Oreos or Nabisco legally bribing the grocery stores so that if I want to buy Hydrox, I'm not able to. I want to be able to choose. You know, I am totally pro-choice. I support the right to choose Hydrox or the right to choose Oreo. But we have a rigged game now. We don't have choice. We have essentially Nabisco acting like a monopoly and rigging the marketplace. 800-848-9222. 800 Laden is here. We'll chat with him in uh, just a bit. Gene is in Manhattan. Hi, Gene. Yes, hi. Frank, I don't know how you got started on the uh, cookies uh, this evening, but uh, when I heard the Hydrox, I said, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard that name in so long. And, Frank, we I grew up with Hydrox in the kitchen cabinet, and I loved the uh, taste. It was really chocolatey, and it was crispy. I found uh, once the Oreos came out, I tried one of those, and they were rather soft. And can uh, compared to them, and uh, I found them very tasty. And then I no longer saw them. And every time I see the Oreo, it's in ice cream uh, in the cabinets in the store. I think, 
Oh, my God. Whatever happened to Hydrox? Mm-hmm. I used to like them. Well, as Paul Harvey well, used to say. We started talking about them tonight. Well, this article in the hustle, um, and oh. you know, as um, you know, as uh, as Paul Harvey used to say, now you know the rest of the story, Gene. Thank you. Now you know why you're not seeing Hydrox anywhere. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Bob is in Baltimore. Hello, Bob. Oh my God, Frank. Good evening. Good morning. I should say. Morning. Um, I love my Hydrox. I still, you know, when you mentioned them earlier, I was like, Oh my God, I'm ready. Where are they? And um, the one thing I wanted to mention real quick, there was a singer one time called Bert Sommer. He was from your neck of the woods up there in New York. And he did a little interview and, and about his album. It was called Inside Bert Sommer. And if you open up the album, it shows him walking along and then he approaches the refrigerator. He opens up the refrigerator and it's just filled with Hydrox. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. That's fine. I'm familiar with Bert yes. Sommer. I didn't know that. That's great. It was a great album, and it was great because and he and he did a little interview too. It's on YouTube, where he talks about that. He says they're better, they're fuller, they're better, they're bigger, they taste better, and the chocolate was better. So it's a fact. Uh, uh, well, I mean, look, it's a matter of opinion, right? I mean, uh, you know, you may like you may like Hydrox, which I prefer. Other people may like Oreo. Look, uh, Tony never even heard of Hydrox. Guy, poor guy's living a sheltered existence. 808, no wonder he defends the Gen Zs. They're both, they're both out to lunch. They're out to a hydroxless lunch, the two of them. 800 848 Deborah Deborah's in Fort Lee. Hi, Deborah. Yes, hi, hi Frank. Um, I'm a little confused. So they're zeroing in on the island where all the crimes took place. But didn't this start in Manhattan on the Upper East Side and his... Uh, Brownstone. Well, when you say they're zeroing, in. when you say they're zeroing in, who is well, zeroing? Why is all the focus on uh, the island? Who went to the island? Well, what about who went to I mean, the I, I just read you. I just read you these documents that were released yesterday, which have only to do with Manhattan. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. That's why I was just tuned in. Yeah. No. 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 So all, all... That these, the, the Clinton went to this building in Manhattan. Right. And Richard Branson and Donald Trump. So. They have them on video. No, well, I mean, again, I don't think it's true, but that's what that's yeah, what either. that's what Miss Ransom claimed to a reporter. Oh, that's what she said. Yeah. No, but I'm saying overall for days, all I hear is about the list that of the planes that went to the island. Uh, they focused on that for weeks. That's yeah, what I mean, hearing. I think it's just based on what documents are, are getting released. And yeah. yesterday, the ones that happened yeah. to be uh, released, they uh, oh, okay. they deal with Drips Manhattan. And drabs. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And again, I think that's trying to throw a lot of mud on the wall, but there's nothing there to stick. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Deborah. But I do think, and thanks for the call, I do think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is right. Put everything out there at this point. Put all the government documents out there. Put all these private lawsuits out, the information out there. Put everything out there. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Eddie is in Babylon. Hi, Eddie. Frank, there's no deniability. You are a superstar. You've you proved it to me. Thank you very much. Appreciate I, it. I'm up, right? And I'm doing things. And certainly, so Frank's on. That's great. And I just had a discussion about uh, Oreos with my friend Gigi in Florida, and she sent me, sends me these titillating pictures that she has <laughs> of, of Oreos. They're not just Oreos, because I've seen them in Uncle Giuseppe's, everything. It was a deep, dark chocolate Oreo, a peanut butter Oreo. I mean, here I'm sitting here with a container of raspberries after I eat, and I'm looking at the raspberries, and I'm looking at the picture of the Oreo, and I say to myself, I want an Oreo island that I can go to. And- <laughs> 
Thank you for the history of Hydrox, because I just looked up the history of Oreo. It's wiped. There was nothing about Hydrox. See? See, nothing, this is Frank. this is the Epstein you redaction have. all over again, Eddie. See, there are forces at play here that are trying to kill Jeffrey Epstein and hide the information, and there are other forces at play that are trying to hide the Hydrox and force-feed you Oreos. Don't let it happen. 800-848-9222. Gnome Layden is here. I don't know if he's a Hydrox man or an Oreo man. It'll say a lot about his character either way. We'll find out straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Yours truly, Frank Morano here. You are listening to The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, appreciate you doing so. And now, you better get ready. Get ready to be informed. Get ready to be titillated. Get ready to be entertained. Get ready to hear and experience a whole new perspective. Stand by for The Other Side of Midnight's News. Side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. Hello there, Noam. Good morning, Frank. Uh, homelessness is a problem all around the nation. Some cities have it worse than others. In New York, it's always been bad. San Francisco, terrible. Austin, Texas, has become a magnet for the homeless. Liberal city in Texas, uh, warm most of the year. What's happened in some of the downtown areas over the last two years is these large encampments. And 
Austin is a huge tourist mega uh, mecca, right? You have um, their they have a music festival every year that attracts tens of thousands of people. It's just a popular tourist city, and so they had to try to figure out how to stop these encampments because it was visually hard to look at for people who are coming as tourists from out of town. Sure. So they came up with this idea, copying one from overseas, creating a tiny town village, which are these tiny homes that are 200 square feet Mm. and moving these homeless into these houses. Initially, the way it's worked, and it's been hugely successful, is they'll move these homeless into a community where they have this 200 square foot home. And then there is a communal dining room, a communal showers and bathrooms. And the thought behind that is uh, the homeless, many who've been on the streets and hardened by the streets, are not used to communicating with people on a daily basis. So initially, the idea of putting a kitchenette and a bathroom in the house, they thought, okay, we can't get these people back to normal life. And that's they're communicating with others and see where they're at. Mm -hmm. And that worked fabulously well. And so in these initial communities, where you're brought is these people will live in these 200 square foot homes and then they have all their meals together and they start to communicate and they re-enter what we decide or what we would call normal life. Right. Sounds wonderful. Hugely successful. Now there's a second community where now they'll move these people into where they now have their own kitchenette. Uh, they have their own little mini bathroom, stu- still a 200 square foot home, a tiny house, a second community, 400 people living in that community. In the last two years, Austin, Texas, has taken half of its homeless population off the streets and into this tiny home village. Wow. So now the thought great. is, yes. So New York City, of course, much tougher to do. There's just not that much open space like there is in Texas. But in places where there is and the homeless is a problem, other cities are now looking at Austin, Texas as a great example of how to help maybe fix the homeless uh, problem, maybe reform these people and then help them re-enter normal life after living in these tiny homes, help them uh, uh, find a skill or maybe a skill they once had, help them find a job, and move them back into becoming normal American citizens. Well, I I also wonder, I've heard some discussion of this, meaning the use of these uh, communities of tiny homes to manage the migrant crisis in uh, cities like New York that are battling this and other cities around the country where there's just not enough beds, not enough shelter space to accommodate, you know, New York's own homeless and the, all these surge of migrants. Well, of course, that's been the big argument here in New York City, taking on 160,000 migrants over the last year. And the homeless are like, wait a minute, you're putting them into hotel right, exactly. rooms? What about us? Uh, and it's a huge problem. But New York, of course, the issue is room. There's just mm-hmm. not enough room. And in fact, today, they're about to kick out 40 I families out of the Rowe Hotel yep. in Midtown Manhattan. Kim Jong-un, had we missed this? Yesterday, he turned 40 years oh, old, the I'm leader sorry of North Korea. Yeah. And no birthday celebrations, which I find fascinating because for his father— and his grandfather, their birthdays are national celebrations in North Korea. But for whatever reason, uh, over the last decade or so, there has not been one birthday celebration for Kim Jong-un. There was video of him yesterday hanging out with his daughter on his birthday. Uh, The U.S. is pretty sure that he's 40 years old. They're not 100% sure, but when they calculate the numbers and try to figure out when he might have been born, they say, yeah, he's probably 40 years old. There have been a lot of videos of his young daughter who is... um, 
I think she's eight years old. Um, she is thought the fact that they keep showing her on TV on these news programs, they think that he is setting her up to hand over the power to her. Wow. It would be the first woman, the first female leader of North Korea. But anyway, uh, celebrating his 40th birthday, one of the recent things that he has dictated in North Korea is uh, the hair length and what people, hairstyles people can have. You know, obviously, you no doubt, you know, incredibly restricted country. Uh, women now have choices of 18 different haircuts they can have. Oh, yeah, nice. Which is it's a good lot. for them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, men have 10 uh, hairstyles that they can get. Okay. Uh, by the way, barbers and hairstylists are all free. They're government-run shops. And so when you go in to get your hair done, uh, you don't pay anything. It's all right. part of the deal. Same as having you, by the way, you live for free. Your apartment's given to you. Your furniture's given to you. Uh, Health care is free. But, of course, there's a lot of things that are wrong with the country that is incredibly restricted. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound that way. Kim Jong-un, by the way, just reelected with 99% of the vote. And, uh, I mean, that's – or his party reelected with with 99 more, 99.9% of the vote. That's pretty good. Where did that point tenth of percent vote go? They've disappeared. All the other people that uh, wrote in someone else. (laughs) They're not alive. They haven't been seen. But, hey, it sounds like he's pretty popular. Yes, I don't know. So happy birthday to him. He's yeah, hugely popular. Yeah. Shira Meged. She lives here on the Upper West Side. Back on November 25th, she was on vacation, and um, she had somebody dog-sitting for her for her golden doodle. And she got a call in the middle of her vacation that the golden doodle that this pet sitter was walking in Central Park somehow got loose. And the dog's been missing ever since. Now, you know, uh, most people just love their pets sometimes more than their kids or their spouses. And so she went online and started doing this crowdfunding to hire a pet detective to help find the dog. She has raised, this is amazing to me, already $20,000 to help pay for the pet detective. This PI, this uh, pet detective, already has racked up bills of $13,000 looking for her dog. He says um, that he is uses its intuition to track down these dogs. So, and he does some other things. He will find what their favorite food is, and will leave that food out in an area where the dog went missing, with the hopes that somehow the dog will find the food. He sets up cameras uh, where these uh, feeding stations are, and the camera could capture images of somebody with the dog. Uh, If he thinks it's safe, he'll tell the dog owner to go approach that person to get the dog back. You know, a lot of times what happens is these dogs are dog-napped and then resold to other people who are unsuspecting, have no idea, you know, online that they're buying a dog that's been dog-napped. We don't know what the situation here is so far, but she's been unbelievable. Uh, the, The dog detective hasn't been able to find her dog yet, but she has been able to get about 100 people to help her search the neighborhood for the dog. So she has posters up. They're out on the streets uh, looking for the dog. So far, no sign of this pooch. Well, not only just the posters and this manpower, though, this pet detective that's so far earned in excess of $10,000. $13,000. That's amazing. And, um, but he's been successful, by the way. Okay. He says uh, he's been able to, uh, he didn't tell us to give us a number, but he says he's been able to reunite other pets okay. in the city with their owners, and that's why this woman says Shira decided to hire him. So you said this was a golden doodle? Yeah. I'm assuming, and um, correct me if this is not the case, but I'm assuming that most of these dogs that are dog-napped 
are these kind of marquee breeds, the Labradoodle, the Golden Doodle, yeah. the uh, something Oodle, the Snickerdoodle, the the, yeah. the Oodle that I don't even know exists yet, these, these lab-created, uh, specifically bred dogs that are bred for cuteness and for status. Is that accurate? That is true. The Doodles are big, especially the Golden Doodles. They're just beautiful dogs. Everybody wants them. They're not so easy to not. They're easier to get than they were, let's say, two years ago during the pandemic, but they're expensive dogs. So the thought is maybe this dog was dog napped, but uh, we don't know for sure. But well, just the I, amazing part. I, this just... this pet owner, I, I'm shocked because it sounds like she's very obviously loves her pet and was very diligent. She didn't have the dog microchipped. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that, but I I would imagine she would have. But if the dog's gone and nobody's thought, if someone's stolen the dog, obviously they're not going to do that. Uh, but I would imagine she would if she is so in yeah, love with her pet. I, she would I have wanna, had a microchip. I'll investigation. I'll ask this. her about Yes, that. thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Noam. Sure. Uh, appreciate that. And now you know the rest of the story. So, you know, we have a cat that is living with us now. And I hope it works out that we're able to keep this cat because it is a nice cat. Ed. We call him Ed Best Friend. He used to be called Ex Best Friend. Now my wife renamed him Ed. And... um. He, when I was taking out the garbage a day or two ago, or uh, putting out the recycling, I was doing something that involved opening the garage. My wife was blocking him from leaving. And she said, oh, come in, hurry, hurry, don't let, don't let Ed out. And uh, I said, oh, I won't, I won't, and I come in. And I said, you know, he said, uh, my wife said to me, he's not microchipped or anything. If, he's, if he goes, you know, cruising around somewhere, we're not going to know where he is. And I said, well, are we going to get him microchipped? And she said, well, we have to figure out if we're going to keep him or not. And at this point, with his feud with Prissy not abating, it really it doesn't necessarily make sense for us to microchip him because if he goes to live with another family and, and we have him microchipped, our address and contact information will come up. And if he goes to another family, they won't be able to get in touch with him. So we haven't made the decision to microchip him yet, but... Uh, in all seriousness, I really do think if you have a pet, whether it's a dog or a cat or, uh, I don't know, a, a pet pig, whatever, I really do think you need to have these pets microchipped because, now, now look, I would not be for doing this for humans, but the bottom line is pets are different from humans. I, um, It's really such a game changer, these microchips where it's basically doggy low jack. They put a little tiny microchip in the dog or the cat. It's not painful. And then if that dog or cat goes missing, they're able to scan the microchip if it turns up somewhere and say, oh, this dog belongs to Tony Atwood. Let's call Tony up. Hey, come pick up your dog. It's really very meaningful. So I don't know what the story is with this woman that Noam was telling us about, but if, it's, if this is you and you have a pet that is not microchipped, Get them microchipped. Seriously. Makes a, a big difference. Matt, your two dogs, did you have them uh, microchipped? Yeah. The, when I rescued my Husky, he was microchipped already. Um, so I did have him uh, microchipped. And the other one was microchipped as well. But l- luckily, they never got lost. So I never had to go through the process. But you have to register the microchip, too. Like when I got my husky, he was microchipped, but then you have to go through the process of registering the dog. Right. It doesn't matter if they're microchipped and you don't know where the who the dog belongs to. Well, so when you're saying the other dog that was microchipped, the, the husky, mm-hmm. who microchipped him? 
Well, he was he. We rescued him from a, a rescue organization, so they neutered him and microchipped him. So he was already microchipped. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's eight hundred eight. Eight four eight. Excuse me. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Uh, Stewart is in California. Hi, Stewart. Hey, Frank. Uh, my dog is microchipped. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! Great. Um. So uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't sleep, so I tuned in as I often do. Wonderful. Uh, well, we'll do whatever we can and to put you to sleep. I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what the context is. But what's funny is a friend of mine owns the Hydrox brand, and yes, it still exists, and it is for sale. Uh, so uh, is your friend the owner of Leaf Brands that we've been talking about? Yeah. In fact, I just emailed him, and he just emailed you. Oh, great. Oh, great. I will definitely yeah. uh, correspond with him. That's great. Well, really, so a, a whole in the last 40 minutes, you don't know how many people have said they've tried to order Hydrox cookies, which I thought was available on Amazon, but apparently they're out of stock on Amazon. They should really, they should advertise on our program. They'll have people buying Hydrox like crazy. He buys retro brands. He buys brands that I retire that people love. He brings back their original recipe whenever possible. And he gets them to market. Right. Well, I mentioned I love the change they made with uh, going to natural sugar for this uh, for the Hydrox instead of the uh, high fructose corn syrup. That's great. And if Coca-Cola ever retires the uh, trademark for tab, I'm hoping they'll do that same thing. There you can just talk to him. I I will. You know, I don't know if you mentioned this, but historically. Um, it was a popular item with Jewish people because there was no lard, or and it was kosher. I did indeed mention that, Stuart, and uh, I, I think the Jewish folks that enjoyed kosher Hydrox for so many years, even though Oreo is now kosher, they should reward Hydrox with their business and still patronize There you go. Anyway, yeah, right. he's gonna, he's, he emailed you. Give him a call. Wonderful. I will do that. Thank you, Stuart. Appreciate it. 800-848-9222. Do you see this? Everybody's listening to this show. If you have somebody that you want to reach... That's influential. I mean, honestly, what are the chances of that? Right? That um, here we're talking about Hydrox, and now the owner of Hydrox, his friend is listening, and now he's reached out to me, the owner of Hydrox, at, at, in the middle of the night, basically, or early in the morning. See, this is the influence that this show has. If you want to advertise on this program, whether you own a defunct cookie brand or not, um, you should absolutely email me, frank.morano at uh, redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. Let me mention briefly this story. Um, well, it's not a story. It's an anecdote. But it's not good news. In Japan, which, you know, I've never been to Japan, but I want to go. I think I would like Japanese culture. I'm not as enthused about going to Japan as I would be, say, about going to Antarctica with William Shatner, but I would go. I'd like to go to Japan. I'm a big fan of Japanese food. It's great. Uh, In Japan, a record 34.1% of adults between the ages of 20 and 49, are you ready for this, have never been in a romantic relationship. I want to repeat that number. 34.1% of adults between the ages of 20 and 49 have never been in a romantic relationship, and more than 25% of them have no intention of getting married, according to a survey that's uh, offering insights into 
the attitudes of a country where the birth rate declined for a seventh consecutive year last year. Nearly one-fifth of women in their 20s and nearly one-quarter of men in the same age bracket said having a romantic relationship is a waste of time and money. Facing the prospect of widespread labor shortages, the government in June announced plans to provide $25.2 billion in funding for child care, including financial allowances for childbirth and child rearing, as well as increased subsidies for higher education. My goodness. If we go broke, um, maybe my wife and I can move to Japan, get paid to pop out a couple more children, get their education paid for. I'm just kidding. I like I like the United States. But I do enjoy Japanese food. I could see maybe maybe that working. All right. 800-848-9222. Uh, it's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. We will do 15 seconds of fame. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. Until the top of the hour, this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. So yesterday, I brought to your intention, we carried live the, well, I commented live, I didn't carry it live, the launch of that um, lunar mission, the the mission to the moon, that uh, was going to be a pretty big deal. Well, we got some updates on that, and we'll get into this tomorrow a bit. A NASA-funded robotic lunar mission that would have returned the U.S. to the moon's surface for the first time since 1972 appears to be in jeopardy due to a fuel leak that developed shortly after the private spacecraft's successful launch. So the 202-foot-tall Vulcan Centaur rocket developed by the United Launch Alliance, blasted off yesterday from Cape Canaveral, Florida, successfully sending the Peregrine Moon Lander, which is developed by Astrobotic Technology, on its way. Roughly seven hours into the flight, Peregrine was carrying NASA scientific equipment. Um, Well, so roughly seven hours into the flight, Peregrine's propulsion system malfunctioned. And it depleted the aircraft, the spacecraft's propellant and prevented a solar panel from properly pointing towards the sun. Peregrine was carrying NASA scientific equipment and human remains, including that of uh, Presidents Kennedy, uh, Eisenhower, Washington, uh, Nichelle Nichols and James Dewan from Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry and his wife. From uh, They were carrying remains from two commercial space burial companies 
the lander was previously expected to reach the moon's surface on February 23rd. This was the first mission under NASA's 2018 Commercial Lunar Payload Services Initiative, which has awarded billions of dollars to private companies to help land their spacecraft on the moon. So uh, we'll see where this goes, but I was really optimistic about this. I was hopeful that this would work out. Who knows? Maybe it was sabotaged by Navajo Nation. All right, we're going to give you 15 seconds to say whatever you like. 800-848-9222. The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Fame! Russell! Frank, you don't hear Donald Trump criticize Claudine Gay because Claudine Gay and Donald Trump are both targets of absurd, contrived narratives. Claudine Gay was scalped by a loaded question that couldn't be answered honestly. Donald Trump is supposed to have led an insurrection against a federal... Raji! My dearest Curtis, before your mayoral run, you used to bash hosts who played music on WABC talk radio. Since your return to WABC, you've been playing extensively loud, annoying music. Sing! Yeah, microchips are uh, expensive and complicated. I don't know why people don't get dog tags. Put your phone number on it. You can get it on Amazon for like eight bucks, and it works much better than microchips. Rodney. Yeah, hey, Frank. Good morning. I'm a Long Island transport out here in Pennsylvania. But anyway, what I want to tell you is there's a TV show called My Cat from Hell, and it might help you out with your cat fostering problem. Thank you. I don't know what channel it's on. I will check it out. Maria. Hi, everybody. Al Gore, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Beyonce, Cher. They are all on that island. What do they have in common? They were on that island. I'll take your cat if you don't want it anymore. And that's serious. Tony. This is a moron. This is a moron. This is a- Lisa. Well, I guess I'm going to get some Hydrox cookies in the future. And you can stop saying that you're a superstar because of valleys. <laughs> Ray. Yes, uh, Mr. Austin needs to go away. He left our country very vulnerable, and it, he needs to be fired. Thank you. Rusty. Yeah, when Frank, when, when Hunter Biden goes to the barber shop, does he sit on Joe's lap? He's his prize package. Terry. I think you said Terry? Yes, go ahead, Terry. Okay, Quite some time ago, I heard news reports that microchips cause cancer in some animals. Oh, I hadn't heard that. I will look into that. Thank you. I will. I've never heard that. I'll look into that. All right. That slams the lid on things for today. Uh, back tomorrow with Dr. Sky and uh, a really interesting expose on the college tuition bomb in our country. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Frank Moreno. Good day. <laughs> 